are listening to Radio Influence. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchups in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Oh, we're off and rolling. It is mid-November. The football is getting good, and we are back with the underdogs here on the only digital radio show that is devoted to the little guy, the lesser-known, the lighter-regarded team. It is Three Dog Thursday. I am your somewhat lucid host. He is senior writer and handicapper, VegasInsider.com, Mr. Kevin Rogers, back with me for another week. You and I were the same a week ago, a lot of ones. We were one, one, and one with the underdogs. Uh, I was able to hit uh, with Arkansas getting the late cover against LSU. You, you were able to hit with the Cleveland Browns. Congratulations. Outright win over the Atlanta Falcons. We each had a push. You with Maryland, me with the Jaguars. I thought the Jaguars would have a late chance there to tie or win against the Colts before fumbling. And then we had two other defeats last week. So uh, a welcome to you and a 1-1-1 one, one, and one week for each of us. So we look to be a little better this week. How you feeling? I'm good. You know, I really like the Browns. I thought that that line was a little inflated with the Falcons after they had a nice performance against the Redskins. But, you know, again, I always say it's about the NFL. You know, no matter what you saw last week, except for the Saints, I guess, no matter what you saw last week, just forget about it and move on. You know, that's kind of the, uh, the philosophy. You know, I know, you know, you could say, well, you know, what's your job? You're, you're supposed to handicap these games. But at the same time, you could handicap them all you want, and then things just happen in this one league. Not like other leagues. But in this one league, things just happen that you can't explain. (laughs) And unfortunately, a lot of these teams are just a lot closer in talent than all the other leagues. And that's why we see things like this happen where the Browns can be terrible and then destroy the Falcons. And, you know, and these things kind of happen every every week. You just got to find the ones that win. You're telling me that strange things happen. I stood at field level last week for the Buccaneers-Redskins game, and you and I were in text communication, and I was in text communication with many others, and I witnessed the Buccaneers with 500 yards of offense, Kevin, score three points in a 16-3 loss to Washington. 0-5 in the red zone, three turnovers, two missed field goals. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years on the radio, and I can't recall any NFL game where a team had any kind of offensive output like that in a game, 400, 500 yards, and didn't get at least a touchdown or a couple of touchdowns, much less three points. Or, or uh, I mean, it was just, it's hard to believe. So you're right. From week to week, it is tough to figure uh, why teams are rolling along and then suddenly they stumble and get wiped out in a game. I mean, who had uh, Tennessee just manhandling New England before that? We didn't have it on Three Dog Thursday, right, Kev? I mean, nobody was talking about, hey, oh, yeah, Tennessee's going to blow New England out. But that's your point. That's exactly what happened last week in Nashville. Yeah, and you know what, too? I mean, I'm not going to say that. Nobody saw Tennessee doing what they did to New England. But at the same time, the Titans have been a great underdog this year. For the exception of the one clunker against the Ravens, they've covered every single time as an underdog. And I believe they've won every time as an underdog, except for that Charger loss in London. But they beat the Eagles, they beat the Jaguars, they beat the Texans, they beat the Patriots, all as an underdog. So, you know, that's a team where Mike, you know, Mike Brable played for the Patriots. So that was a big game for him, you know, facing him for the first time as a head coach. So really, you know, this Tennessee team and that AFC South is just, it's a good race. People like to dog on the AFC South, but that's a really good race coming down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, you got you, you can make the argument that a couple of those teams may end up getting in the AFC playoffs, division winner and a wild card, if that's the case. All right, so lots of pro football coming in the final segment. Let's bring it back to college football. We'll get to underdog predictions in a few moments. I want to tell you also that former Syracuse great Heisman Trophy runner-up quarterback Don McPherson will be here to talk Syracuse and Notre Dame. We're going to talk a lot about that game here in this segment and with Don McPherson later on on Three Dog Thursday. Latest college 
college football playoff rankings are out and it's the same 10 teams in the exact same order as a week ago. So I ask you the same question. You're fine. I mean, nobody lost of significance last week, although Oklahoma State almost, almost shoulda, coulda, woulda. They, they had the two-point conversion attempt to win by one with a minute left, went for two instead of kicking the extra point, missed it, almost got the upset in the Bedlam game of Oklahoma. Up, uh, you know, Almost does not count. Uh, but the, the top 10 is the same, Kevin, going into this weekend. So the pressure builds for all of these teams because they know a slip-up this week, next week, a conference championship game loss with the exception of Alabama and Clemson. I don't think anybody else can afford a loss. That includes Notre Dame. But, Kevin, what are your thoughts here as the, as the playoff rankings continue? What I find very interesting is that, you know, you have this top four, and college football has found a way over the years with the BCS, they with the college football championship playoff to surprise us that we see things and then we're like, come on, come on, come on. But it's like, just wait, something's going to happen that surprises us all. You know, and we're thinking now it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan in the final four. But yet somehow something odd is going to happen. Notre Dame gets tripped up one of these next two weeks. Michigan, you know, if they lose to Ohio State, then you get some changes there in the Big Ten. Who knows if Oklahoma makes a jump? And you know what? Yes, it seems like Clemson's a shoe-in. It seems like Alabama's a shoe-in. We thought Alabama was a shoe-in last year. They were, but they end up losing to Auburn in that finale. So they still have Auburn and Georgia to play. So that's not easy necessarily. I know Alabama's been a machine this year. We all know that. But I don't know. There's something about it where – College football does this. It's like it's like the show on NBC. It's like this is us. You go for fifty five minutes. You're watching. You're watching. Watching. Last three minutes, something crazy happens. It's the same thing. You have something crazy happen where you probably won't have this four in the final four. How about that? Yeah. Well, and I I would go along with that. I've been advocating this for the last couple of weeks. Out of that group. Alabama is bulletproof. They can suffer a loss. They will be in the Final Four. I don't know that Clemson, if they were to have a loss, is guaranteed to stay in the Final Four. It's likely, but not guaranteed. Michigan loses again, they're out. If Notre Dame loses one of these two games, it's more than likely going to knock them out against Syracuse or USC. And so then, is it an Oklahoma or a West Virginia who play each other? Although, West Virginia at Oklahoma State this weekend, that may not be easy for the Mountaineers. I mean, the Big 12 down the stretch of the season here with some wild games uh, for West Virginia, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State involved in the middle of it. Remember, they gave Texas a second loss a couple of weeks ago. I had the Cowboys here on Three Dog Thursday, so Big 12 still yet to be decided. Uh, yeah, where is does Washington State find a way in? I'm going to talk about Wazoo uh, here in a few moments as well on Three Dog Thursday, but they only have one loss in the Pac-12, so we'll discuss. We'll we'll discuss as we go along. All right, so there's there's kind of the buildup uh, on this. Hey, there's there's one complaint. There are only two games really of note with top 25 teams playing each other. One of those is in our state. Kevin's in South Florida. I'm in West Central Florida hosting this podcast, Three Dog Thursday. UCF and Cincinnati is the marquee game. Saturday night, ABC will show it all over the country. ESPN will be there with College Game Day. I mean, Kevin, it's not a great week on the slate, so... Kind of interesting that unbeaten UCF is going to get featured this week where a ton of the country is going to see that game, that matchup. Yeah, and, and look, we've talked about this for, for a few years now, it feels like, with UCF. Are they talented? Yes. There's no question about it. We're not saying they're not. But at the same time, though, you still gave up 700 yards to Temple. You know, I mean, Alabama's <laughs> not doing that. Clemson is doing that. So, you know, that's kind of where, you know, UCF can still be in – I don't call the American a second-tier conference, but it's below the SEC and the Big Ten and those other power conferences. It's a shade below. You still have good teams in it. You know, and, you know, if you were to say, put UCF in the ACC this year, are they beating Florida State and Louisville and some of these other teams? Probably. Those teams think this year. Like, UCF can be competitive with some of those teams or even, like, against the Miami. You know, but unfortunately, this is their schedule. This is their conference. This is who they're playing. And it's going to be very hard to sway people for them to jump Notre Dame or to right. jump Michigan. Like, that's just hard to do. And unfortunately, this is not the NCAA basketball tournament where they can make a run, just let them play the big boys. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen because there's four spots 
and the major teams are going to get it before them unless everybody had a loss and UCF was the only undefeated and maybe they get in the top four. But even if that was the case, they'd probably still kick them out. All right, well, we'll see how the next three weekends play out. But if UCF continues to win, marquee game this week, their American Conference potential championship game would be a marquee game when there's not a ton of teams playing on that final Saturday. There's two more chances for them to make an impression on that committee. I agree with you. There's going to have to be a lot of losing in front of them. It's not impossible. They moved up to 11 for this weekend. Let's see if they move up uh, further after that. Okay. All right. So there's some some general college football talk. Let's get into the games themselves. Um, and I will, I will begin here. I will go Syracuse against Notre Dame in this matchup at Yankee Stadium. I love the Q's at eight and two. I, I love the four game win streak. They've covered each of the last three. They have scored 40 or more points in each of the last four games, all victories. Eric Dungy, the quarterback, the dual threat. I know Notre Dame flattened Florida State last week. Florida State's defense, not good. The Irish riding high, perfect spot here to go Syracuse. I don't know that the Orange win the game, but I will take the 10. Kevin, I, I know you're not agreeing with me on Syracuse, but. Uh, this is going to be some atmosphere at Yankee Stadium, just real quick, and, and Notre Dame will get a true test, I believe. Uh, do you agree they'll get a test from Syracuse, or maybe you think they're going to walk all over them? I don't know. No, I think they'll get a test from Syracuse. Syracuse has proven that they're worth this year. They should have beat Clemson earlier in the season, and they've had some other nice victories. And, yeah, this turned out to be just a game that was, oh, by the way, at Yankee Stadium at the end. It should be a nice game. And now it means something, you know, for both teams. It means something for Syracuse and the ACC. And it means something for Notre Dame for the college football playoff. It should be a good game. I don't really have an opinion on the game. But I think Syracuse will definitely give them a good game, though. All right, so we look at that one, and uh, we'll find out if the Qs can derail Notre Dame. There are a lot of programs that are going to root for Notre Dame to go down in this one because I don't know what kind of shot USC has next week in the traditional national rivalry game even at home to beat Notre Dame this may be the best shot out of the two games for Notre Dame to take a loss so if you're behind them if you are like a Washington State uh, you know pick one of those teams Georgia that's behind Notre Dame you want a Notre Dame loss let's see if it uh, let's see if it happens all right so there's one underdog from me Kevin Rogers where do you want to go for an underdog in college football sir I'm going to go to the big 12 I'm going to take the Cyclones of Iowa State they're facing Texas this week in Austin they're getting three now, Iowa State has played very well this season. They've won their last couple of road games. They won, and understand winning at Kansas isn't that big of a deal. But they did win at Kansas. They did win at Oklahoma State. And, you know, this is a team that's played well, ATS, down the stretch. Meanwhile, for Texas, just 2-5 and five against the spread this year as a favorite. And I know some of those were as, as bigger favorites earlier in the year. They had the outright loss to Maryland. And their last home game, they lost to West Virginia. They did beat Texas Tech last week. I'll tell you another thing, too. Maybe I'm overreacting, but all this stuff, this, this Zach Smith, who seems like a complete lunatic, mm. with, with, the, with the tweeting about Tom Herman and all this, don't tell me it doesn't take a toll on you. Don't tell me that all this stuff, these rumors, everything, that doesn't, doesn't take a toll on you. I think that Iowa State, that they will give Texas a game. I wouldn't be shocked if they won last year. It was a low-scoring game in Ames. I think this time Iowa State takes them down. How about that? And yes, the Longhorns do have some distractions off the field to deal with, with that whole Ohio State situation. Of course, they're circling the wagons right now after the latest uh, controversial uh, story written by uh, by friend and colleague Brett McMurphy with Stadium and Stadium.com. So Ohio State right now, uh, yes, they have an easy game this week. They got that Michigan game looming, but it's been a season of controversy for them uh, as well. All right, so interesting. You're going to go Cyclones out of the Big 12. Keep an eye on Oklahoma State at home with West Virginia. I'm not going to take the Cowboys, but Oklahoma State, who did mess it up for Texas a few weeks ago for a second loss, almost messed it up for Oklahoma. Can they mess it up with West Virginia and hand them a second loss? We'll find out this weekend. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go with another college underdog, and that's going to be the Arizona Wildcats Saturday night, late night in the Pac-12, Pac-12 after dark, matchup with Washington State. I know you went against Washington State last week with the Colorado Buffaloes, and and, uh, Wazoo deserves a lot of credit. They went into Boulder and played very well, especially defensively, held Colorado to just seven points in that win. Arizona, though, has been good in their last couple of games. They seem to have gotten their legs under them a bit under Kevin Sumlin, Uh, and this game, even though it's at Washington State, 
State. I like the 10 points. Uh, Khalil Tate, the quarterback, uh, they have been able to put some points on the board, has, uh, has Arizona, and they have a couple of wins, including a win over Oregon out of this. I will take the Wildcats to keep it close against the Cougars, who may be looking ahead to that Apple Cup game against rival Washington. Give me the Arizona Wildcats plus the 10 late night Pac-12 showdown here for my second underdog on Three Dog Thursday. Hey, Kevin, real quick, in terms of the college football playoff, here's what's going to hold Washington State back. I'm putting this out there, and I think you're going to nod along. Their out-of-conference schedule is Wyoming, even though it was on the road, San Jose State, and Eastern Washington. That's terrible. That, I mean, if you're looking for a reason to keep them out, isn't that the reason that even if Washington State wins out, has the one loss, that's what's going to keep them out, no matter the screaming from the Pac-12 or not, right? Yeah, and also, too, the Pac-12 is down. I mean, you look at UCLA is in a down year. USC isn't as great. Washington has struggled a bit this season. Oregon's had their ups and downs. I mean, you know, a Pac-12 homer would call it competitive, but really you don't have any great teams out of there past Washington State. The teams that were expected to be better really haven't. So it really is hard to make an argument versus the Big 12 where you've had some really quality teams at the top. Well, and if you've played somebody out of the conference or a couple of somebodies out of the conference, that's a lot better than what that Wazoo schedule is, that's for sure. So am I to understand you only have one college underdog and you want two NFL underdogs for this week, sir? Yes, that is true. All right, so Kevin is going to be back in a little bit to talk some NFL underdogs with me. Straight ahead, former Heisman runner-up, leader of the Syracuse unbeaten team of 1987, a guy that has great insight. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame, has great insight on the cues in this matchup with Notre Dame and how much hype there is at Yankee Stadium. He's in New York. I look forward to hearing from Don McPherson coming up on Three Dog Thursday. Kevin Rogers back in a little while to talk NFL as well. Stay with us. Oh, yeah. You know, if Syracuse is playing Notre Dame, TJ's got to come up with an angle. And oh, do I have an angle. I I have arguably uh, one of the names from the Syracuse football program. And that's saying something over the course of the last 30 or 40 years. Former runner up for the Heisman Trophy, a guy that led Syracuse to an unbeaten season in the Sugar Bowl back some almost 30 years ago now, right at it. Don McPherson, who I've done a lot of broadcast work with in the past, is here with me on the podcast thank you for coming on and what a huge week for the cues in notre dame at yankee stadium how are you my friend i am doing very well dj how are you sir uh i'm just trying to hang in there as we head towards the home stretch of the college football season okay so give me the pulse give me the temperature you're you're a cues guy what is what is the vibe what is this like midweek getting ready for unbeaten third rank notre dame to play the orange at yankee stadium what are you hearing from your fellow alumni from the cues fans what's what's going on you know, I, I got to tell you, it, it reminds me of 1987 when we went undefeated. And, and, the, and the way that it does is that it's like all of a sudden people are starting to believe. And and no one thought that this season was going to be anything. Everyone thought this was going to be the year that Dino Babers was going to leave leave town if he, if, you know, if he didn't win four games, if he didn't win six games, gets the ball eligible. He was going to win four, and, and, and by November he would be talking about going someplace else. So all of a sudden, you know, they're 6-2, and 7-2. and two. All of a sudden people are saying, oh, my goodness, this team can play. And now people believe, and the team believes, and they're, they're the most dangerous dangerous team in the country right now really period i believe i believe that because because they have nothing to lose and and they believe that they can win any game and they're putting they're putting 40 50 points up a game these guys believe that they can win yeah, and I, was, I think that makes them very dangerous. I was talking in the last segment that even in their defeat to Pitt, they scored 37. They've scored 40 or more in the last four. You've seen this team in the Carrier Dome. What do you see out of Eric Dungy and the offensive weapons that he has, Don? You know, Eric Dungy's an interesting guy, and his, his game has not really matured much as, as a quarterback. You know, he, he makes a lot of, he still makes a, a, some, some, you know, I think silly mistakes. Uh, they look like young quarterback mistakes, 
but he keeps coming. I mean, he he's a ball. He's one of those guys that just keeps coming. He's a competitor. He's going to keep fighting no matter what the what the score is. Um, he's going to keep coming at you. And, and I think that's he's indicative of this team. I mean, he's he's emblematic of this team in that he keeps coming. He doesn't quit, and he believes he can get anything done. He believes he can score score in any play. Um, they, they they have a lot of big plays. They come up with big plays uh, mid midway through the game. They they put you, lull you to sleep early on, but then um, they just keep coming. I think I think he's the kind of guy that um, you know going back to the, the Baker Mayfields and the guys who who just will, will get into a fight in the middle of a game. You go, what, what's wrong with that kid? <laughs> right? But he's just he's a competitor and he just keeps coming at you. And he's a dual threat, like back in the day, Don McPherson was a dual threat, as well as he's a guest with me here talking about uh, Syracuse and Notre Dame. I'm going to have so much fun with so many different angles um, (laughs) about this game. When you were about to be involved in a huge game, and the year that you guys went undefeated as it built through from October to November, and you're 9-0, 10-0, every game becomes a big game. But when it's a big game, what are you guys telling yourselves? What were Syracuse teammates? What were you telling yourselves in practice, the meeting room, to try to block out the outside hype and, and everybody patting you on the back and telling you how great you are? Uh, what what was that like? And for Syracuse, with everybody saying you got a legitimate shot at Notre Dame, how do you block out all of the hype this week? You know, I, I remember Daryl Johnston talking about this. Moose, everyone knows Daryl as Moose back in his Dallas Cowboy days, but um, he was our fullback back in Syracuse in the 80s. And I remember him talking about how we, we were always the underdog when it came to big games like this, whether it was Penn State back back in our days or Auburn, uh, but now, you know, a game like, like Notre Dame. These are guys who don't think that they can play, you know, a year ago, people said, oh, Notre Dame's going to kill you guys. You know, earlier this year, you know, well, forget the Notre Dame game. That's a loss. And, you know, that's, that's what we, these guys were hearing all summer. That's the year old spring. They're not going to win Notre Dame. They're not going to beat Clemson. They're not going to beat Florida State. They're not going to win these games. And so, right now, they've got to block out that people are saying, you're going to beat these guys. And, and so they have to stay focused on the fact that, that they can beat these guys if they stay focused on But if they get into the hype, if they get into the, the – they will be lulled to sleep and, and, they'll, and they'll get rolled over by a very good, very, very good Notre Dame team. But I think that the thing you have to do when you're at a school like Syracuse is you, you really – you're right. You have to block out all the people. But right now they have to block out the people who are telling them that they can win because that's not <laughs> going to get it. They're not going to win – because people are excited about them, you know, being better. They've got to do what they've been doing, and that means blocking out with the fact that people think that they can win this football game. No doubt. Again, I've got a lot of belief in the cues for this weekend in this game with Notre Dame on Three Dog Thursday as a double-digit underdog. That surprises me that they're that big of an underdog yeah. for this matchup against Notre Dame, so maybe Dino Babers will use that as uh, as part of the hype. Uh, hey, I want to I want to shift and talk. I mean, obviously, Alabama has been the standard with Nick Nick Saban for over a decade now, but they've adapted and adjusted their offense with the spread, with the read option, and Tua Tungavailoa has been unreal in terms of accuracy, the arm strength for a guy that, that hadn't started a game. Yeah, he came in in relief in the championship game last year, but he hadn't started a game until this year and yet looked like a three-year starter from the very beginning of this year. But Don, you're better to speak to this than me. I mean, you've, you've previously won the Davey O'Brien Award, runner-up in the Heisman play quarterback at the highest level when you see a guy like Tua step in and and basically right away looks like an NFL caliber quarterback or looks like an advanced quarterback who's been playing three or four years how how much are you like me and the rest of us going how uh, man I mean where does that come from you know there was an interview he did and he talked about his parents and and he and he, he his parents decided that he was going to go to Alabama. He said, "My parents decided this is where I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm an obedient son. I'm going to go." It, it, it sounds it sounds crazy because of course my 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 parents would love for me to go to Alabama, right? Uh, but but that but he talked about the discipline and accepting what his parents said and doing what they said. And and what that says to me and what I see in I, I, and there's so many things you can say about Alabama as, as a program and what Nick Saban is doing. Um, you can talk about his, his assistant coaches, the, the head coaches and the former head coaches that he has on the staff, the guys who've come through there now and, and some who are still there. And uh, it, it's pretty incredible the job that, that Saban has done. 
there. And I've been I've been in his locker room a couple times over the last few years, uh, talking to his team on different issues. And and the one thing I will say about them is that they are so well coached. And and that's what I see when I see that team. You know, the talent is incredible, but they're so well coached. And Tua, to me, what he does so well is he stays within the line. He stays within his lane as a quarterback. And you don't see him doing too many things to get outside of that lane. Um, and he's listening to his coaching. And you see him, you see him going through his progressions. I think he predetermines sometimes because he has he has a great arm and, and great accuracy. And I think sometimes he predetermines and he still does some things that a, that a young quarterback like. Uh, but he's so well coached and he's so well coached in a, in a, in a system, uh, like you said, that adjusts to the talent that they have. But they have so much talent; they, they pretty much do what they want to do. Um, it, it's really interesting to watch because I think people get caught up on on the talent. Um, but what I see is a really well coached team and a young quarterback who is um, who's following his coaching, very very disciplined to the coaching. Yeah, and that arm is um, that you speak to it. That looks like an NFL arm. I don't know about NFL size, etc. But that I mean, it's college football, yes. But when you see his arm talent, his arm strength, Tua, what what does it say to you? It's NFL strength, um, but it's also Hall of Fame accuracy. I mean, he he just throws balls at, at times, and, and and squeezes balls, and he, and you just you just it's uncanny. The it's, kid's it's nineteen of, years old too. <laughs> that's another yeah. thing. <laughs> and, and, that's, and and you know, sometimes it, it helps. Although I, I don't think you can you can be a guy who comes in the second half of the national championship game and say that he's young now. I mean, I mean he's 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 trial by fire. I mean, he's he's been in the biggest stage that, that is in. All of all of sports to, to come in the second half of, of the national championship game the way he, that he did, uh, but he also plays a little a little bit like a young guy who has who doesn't know what he doesn't know. You know, he, he throws. You know, some, there, there are times when he's under pressure, or times when he's he's trying to make things happen. Uh, you know, out, out of nothing, and 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 he still has that that accuracy that is is really uncanny. No doubt about that. Don McPherson, love his insight. Going to hear a little bit more about what Don is up to these days. He's with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast talking Syracuse and Notre Dame. I'm going to circle back, too, to that whole atmosphere at Yankee Stadium, too. I know we're midweek, but I want to ask him about that. Hey, one more, just a quick story. Um, I have a colleague of mine uh, who actually told me this story. Uh, and I, you know what? He actually read Bruce Feldman, who's one of the uh, acclaimed college football writers that's out there. And Bruce uh, has been with ESPN. Bruce has been with Fox Sports uh, for a while. He now writes for The Athletic, the subscription-based website and service. And and Bruce Feldman actually interviewed a defensive coordinator that had already played Alabama earlier in the year. I don't know if you heard this story, Don, but you'll appreciate this and you'll be nodding along at at, uh, how amazingly advanced he is to only be a sophomore at the quarterback position and how we're bringing these guys up, grooming them to be quarterbacks as, as, as junior high school players and then high school players. But anyway, the defensive coordinator related the story that, hey, we came up with a blitz uh, in practice during the week, a look and a blitz that we had not used last season, this season. We made it up that week for the Alabama game when we were about to play them. That the blitz would look like one front, but it would actually be a blitz that we we hadn't shown before and we really believed that it would bait Tua into throwing the ball outside towards the sideline towards the boundary that's what we wanted and we wanted a safety or a DB to be ready to jump it if he looked that way and throw it and we worked on this uh, over and over again during the week we're going to bait him you know where this is going now we're going to bait him with the blitz and see if he takes the bait against the blitz and we get a pick off of him and at the beginning of their game they ran this blitz in the first quarter and Tua promptly glanced to the right to the sideline and then looked to the middle which is wide open against the blitz and lasered the ball for a bomb touchdown and this defensive coordinator said there are NFL quarterbacks that would have made the mistake and thrown to the boundary he goes my god that's scary that, that there's that kind. I mean, so that's just an example. I know we're heaping all the praise on him, but I just share that with you. And when I share that story with you, that's even scarier to hear things like that that are going on this season, right? You, you know, and this is where I go back to 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 the point about coaching, and and I think that that, that quarterbacks nowadays uh, they're, they're doing so much of just what you just said. He glanced to the outside and he looked look back inside. I think so many young quarterbacks today 
because of the way they're calling plays, because of they're looking to the sideline for the play to come in, they're not really looking at the field. And this is what I what I do think about about a few a few programs and a few coaches, and Saban being one of them, and, and Urban Myers this way in, in Ohio State, and a few others that actually you know they'll huddle their team, they'll they'll pay, they'll come with a different pace, they'll coach their players to, to play the game of football, and I and that's what I see in Tua. I see a young guy who is who is scanning the field, he's he's paying attention. And, and he's, he also has something. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a, a baseball agent, and he's one of the, the top agents in baseball, a guy named Adam Katz. And we were we were sitting uh, in, in L.A. in his living room a couple of weeks ago. And we, were, and we were watching Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. He was saying, "What makes these guys, you know, what makes these guys better than than the rest?" And one of the things that that I believe that great quarterbacks do is they have incredible recall, and that is they heard it sometime in a meeting. It didn't just glance by. It wasn't just a coach saying something. And, and, and he let it go. They, they say, what is that? I want to know that. What could they possibly do to me that's going to bait me into something like that? And I think the, the great quarterbacks have that. They have that recall. They heard this once in a meeting. It may have been they heard it once in a meeting last year. But all of a sudden, they see it, and it clicks. Wow, I've seen this before. I heard this before. And they know exactly what to do in the instant. That, to me, is, is, is the difference maker in, in great quarterbacks and, and guys who are maybe even Hall of Fame category but aren't great because they don't have that that ability to recall something that they've heard that they've seen and it's right there and they know exactly what to do and i believe that's what you're talking what you're talking about right now with tua unreal um and again we're heaping a lot of praise on him and there are other great quarterbacks yep. that have come through look at the look at mayfield a year ago as the heisman trophy winner and he's already showing aptitude with the browns i mean it is the browns but they've won some games and he's got some ability um and, and you look at that quarterback class last year with darnold and rosen and josh allen wyoming and lamar jackson and how advanced these guys have been so we'll see if it continues to translate a few more minutes with don mcpherson here Lo- love the insight i want to circle back to this Notre Dame and Syracuse game in a moment. Uh, first, though, tell the tell the public what you're up to because I have always admired this part of your post football life. Don played in the NFL and the Canadian Football League as well, but post football, you've done a lot of tremendous philanthropic work, uh, a lot of work speaking speaking out against domestic violence and sexual assault, speaking on college campuses, as Don referenced earlier this year, speaking to the Alabama football team on an occasion previously. Tell, tell the public about what you're up to post-football and how they can find out more about what you do, because it's important, sir. Well, I appreciate that, TJ, and, I, and this is a, you know, a very interesting time in, in my field, in my work. I do work around sexual and domestic violence, and um, what I you know, refer to as men, men's violence against women, so it's really talking to men uh, proactively about being part of the solution to prevent all, all forms of, of not just men's violence against women, but if you, even the, the, the shootings and uh, all the kind of violence that we see in our society. Uh, it really comes down to that men are hurting in many ways, and, and you know, the, the conversations that I have with men now are even extending into some of the things that have, have, have happened with NFL players, all the suicides and deaths of, of, of young men. Uh, very often it's because we as men don't take care of ourselves. And and, and so uh, I spend a lot of time on college campuses talking to students uh, about sexual dating violence, but also talking very specifically to men uh, about our behavior and, and the fact that we need to take care of each other and love each other differently. Love each other, but not wanting to see each other do stupid things to, to impress each other, but uh, truly loving each other to, to help each other be better people. And, and uh, in this day and age now, I, I refer to as sexual violence as a, a billion-dollar problem because, because if, you, if you take Penn State and, and Michigan State and Baylor uh, and, and now even um, USC, uh, those schools will pay out more than a billion dollars. It's going to cost uh, mm. more than a billion dollars because of, of you know predatory sexual behavior, um, sexual violence from, of, of men, and the silence of men that allow those 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 men to be predators. And so uh, it's a big challenge, and, and um, I, I believe we can do it in a proactive way to help young people make better decisions. Well, and you've got daughters. I've got daughters. Our daughters are getting older, and, and it, you get a different perspective when you start thinking about your own daughter, daughters and having conversations about them going off to college, going off into the workforce uh, with these different situations. So, again, great work. Hey, plug away. How can people find out more? Uh, you're big on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, etc., but websites, your foundation, your philanthropic work, the work with what you're doing. How can they find out more about what you're doing, Don, real quick? I'm 
pretty easy to find. It's the at Don McPherson is my Twitter, and and uh, Donald McPherson dot com is my is my website. Uh, I'm all you know, as you said, I'm on social media, but um, easy to find on Twitter and, and uh, Facebook, and um, I'm I'm out on the road, you know, just just constantly. So uh, people want to get a hold of me, I'm a pretty easy guy to find. Just just check out Don McPherson anywhere on the web, and and you'll find me. And I will say this, having been around when this guy speaks to young people, especially commands the room, just like he commanded the huddle at Syracuse. All right, let's bring it back one more time. Imagine for me midweek, what is this going to be like at Yankee Stadium long about 2.30 Eastern time when they kick this thing off and Notre Dame's undefeated and Syracuse has a chance to upset them? Speculate for me, please, sir. You know, this is is a big deal in the Northeast because, you know, Syracuse is is sort of the favorite school in the Northeast for people who like to go and and, and party and be a progressive school. And, um, you know, it's got a great reputation. And and, and so does Notre Dame. You've got to remember, Notre Dame and Boston College draw, you know, all the Northeast Catholics, you know, all the Northeast Catholic schools and, and uh, from New York City and, and Jersey and, uh, you know, they're, they're in Long Island where I live, uh, they all draw Notre Dame. And so so kids, you know, I, I, I laugh, I say, you know, the kids who go to Syracuse are sometimes are, are the Jewish kids who couldn't get, who didn't think they could go to Notre Dame, right? <laughs> or the Protestant <laughs> Christian kids, oh, that, or the Methodists, right, right. or the exactly. atheists, or the Muslims, or whoever that's not the Catholics, right? Yeah. It's not the Catholics, exactly right, right. And so and so, you know, that's that's who, you know you have these rivalries in families. I see it in my own community where you go, I'm a Notre Dame. I'm like, how can you be a Notre Dame? You're all Long Island. And, you know, I grew up with the, I went to St. Anthony's, right? And so and so, you have that that kind of energy that that is around this game. And of course, New York City's got a, a ton of Notre Dame alums and, and Syracuse as well. So this this game has a lot of energy. Uh, forget about the rankings and and what we see as as college football, you know, enthusiasts and nut 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 job. You know, this game's got a lot of Northeast uh, angst to it. So it's going to be a, a, a high-energy game. And I, I'm predicting an upset. I think Syracuse is going to win this football game. I think this team, and I'm not saying that because I'm a homer and, and I'm a Syracuse guy. I just think that, that this is a team that's very, very dangerous right now because they believe that they can win and they believe they can score at any time. And now their fans are starting to believe that. So I think you're going to see a, a crowd there uh, in Yankee Stadium that is that is uh, pro Syracuse. That is more Syracuse. Is high energy and believes that they can win this football game. And so so there, there's a lot riding here uh, that, that people that are just college football people who are just looking at the rankings and seeing a, a rising Syracuse squad that has a chance to knock off a, a playoff team. Oh yeah, uh, this is bigger than that. This is bigger than that here. This is uh, the, you have you got a lot of old families that that are Syracuse and Notre Dame that go back many years here in the Northeast. Well, it is going to be some kind of event just because of the setting. I mean, obviously, the history of the Yankees. It's the new Yankee Stadium that's been in place now for about 10 years. Syracuse has played some games there. Notre Dame has played there previously. They've played a bowl game or two there each. It's now against each other. And this, I think it's fair to say, depending on what happens, this will be talked about for a long time. Because if Notre Dame wins, I know you don't want to hear this, if Notre Dame wins, it basically yeah. sets them up to be in the college football playoff with an unbeaten exactly. season. If they can beat you. USC. If Syracuse wins, they will talk about this game forever in uh, in upstate New York and in Q's land. So let's see what happens. I know this guy will be pumped. Uh, have you been besieged for tickets? By the way, one more joke. Have you been? Is everybody inundating you? Can you get me tickets? Can you get me in? Are you all right right now as Ticketmaster, ticket broker? Are you okay? Are you repelling them successfully? What's the deal? You, you know, I, I am getting a little besieged by, by folks who, and I actually, not only that, I've got, you know, a very high level uh, official at the university who's, who, who just sent me another email saying, hey, um, I offered you a ticket, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me yes, because somebody else wants that ticket. That, that, that's, that's exactly right. I got that email at five o'clock this morning because I know that, that she's, she's saying, hey, listen, if you're not taking this, I'm getting, I'm getting, you know, hit up here left and right. So it, it is a hot ticket in town. Um, to, to you know, for this game, yes, people are really, really pumped about it on, on both sides. You know, I, you know, last year during the College Football Hall of Fame, when Bob Crable went, went into the College Football Hall of Fame, the Yankees hosted him. So there's this there's this Yankee Notre Dame connection there. Um, John Mosley, who works works with the, with the Pinstripe Bowl here, is, he's a Notre Damer. So the, you, you're right. There's there's some big connections here, and uh, tickets are hard hard thing to come by. Well, this man's a College Football Hall of Famer as well. 
well. And again, the runner-up to the Heisman in 87, part of an unbeaten Syracuse team. It's the Orange in Notre Dame. He's Don McPherson. Listen, always a real treat for me to get to talk to you. It's been far too long that we have not talked this season and going back a little ways, but I got you on here before Syracuse and Notre Dame. As if I have to say this, have a blast. I want to hear all about it on or off the air after being at Yankee Stadium for this Notre Dame game. Don McPherson, thank you. You're the best. My pleasure, TJ. Always great talking with you. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by SmackApparel.com for a great in-your-face college theme and NFL theme tees. Go to SmackApparel.com and take 10% off with the promo code 3DOG for Three Dog Thursday. It's SmackApparel.com and the promo code 3DOG. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Oh, yes, we are back in one more time on the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. We're here every week. It is Three Dog Thursday. My thanks again to Don McPherson for being with us uh, there to talk. He, he agrees. He's going outright Syracuse upset. Some could accuse him of being a homer, but he really thinks with the atmosphere, etc., this could be a Syracuse win. And again, Kevin Rogers is back with me, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. Uh, you and I are kind of in agreement here. I mean, Notre Dame has to trip up. They're, if they're unbeaten, they're in. So if you are the likes of Georgia and Washington State and Ohio State and others that are lurking behind Notre Dame, you need a Notre Dame loss uh, right now in this situation, in this setup. So we'll see if that happens this weekend. Let's move on to the NFL, and we're excited to see what's going to happen. We touched on some NFL all the way back at the beginning of the segment. Again, you had the Cleveland Browns a week ago uh, as, a, as an underdog winner so the fans need to pay attention here to these underdogs that are coming up uh hey do you have a couple of uh, of quick thoughts on the games that we saw i mean we mentioned tennessee wiping out the new england patriots the rams uh win yet again this time over seattle that rams game that was scheduled for mexico city with kansas city on monday night has now been moved to the coliseum hey kevin quick thought that's huge advantage la I, I know they are training this week at the time we're taping Three Dog Thursday. They had pre-planned, Kevin, to be in Colorado Springs at altitude, training at the uh, at the Air Force Academy and also the United States uh, Olympic Committee facilities, etc., and get used to the altitude because Mexico City's at a high altitude. They had already planned to go there. They went there. They are electing to stay there all week because of the fires in Southern California and in the, in the greater Los Angeles area affecting Rams and their families and evacuations but now the game is back home on monday night that's a big advantage for the rams isn't it real quick not just for three dog thursday purposes but just talking about the game kevin what do you think i'll be honest with you i, I disagree i don't okay. think it's a huge advantage for the rams i think that the chiefs are going to travel regardless now you just go to la and i think for the rams they had a plan like you said going to colorado and then going to mexico now it's all kind of screwed up because of and, and rightfully so they shouldn't play the game in mexico city with the way the stadium is they should be playing in LA just for safety. But at the same time, now you're like going back home. The Rams don't have a great home field advantage. The, the fires are still going on, and it's still kind of a mess there. It's still a huge distraction, I think, for the Rams. And for the Chiefs, kind of where are we going? Where are we going to play? You know, I, I don't know if the Rams necessarily have the big leg up in this game because of this, because now they got to deal with all the stuff at home. Well, and I'm looking at video, coincidentally, while we're talking uh, of the NFL making the decision midweek to pull out of Mexico City because the field at Azteca Stadium is just unplayable. They've had so much rain. They've had soccer games uh, on that field over the course of the last two or three weeks. They tried to rip up parts of the turf and regrow the grass over the last three or four days. That didn't work. And so the NFL pulled the plug and said, we're going to be at the Coliseum on Monday night for this Rams Chiefs game. We'll see how that goes. All right, time for some underdog predictions in the NFL. Will we get to that Rams-Chiefs game for Three Dog Thursday purposes? Let's find out. Kevin, where do you want to begin with the NFL? I will begin with the Denver Broncos in L.A., coincidentally against the Chargers. Now, number one, the Broncos are off the bye, so they'll, they'll have a bit of an advantage there as opposed to the Chargers who are coming off a victory last week over the very hapless Oakland Raiders. And the Broncos, they played better of late. They've covered three of their past four. They did have that nice blowout in Arizona. And we know the Cardinals, you know, aren't, aren't very good. But also they hung with the Chiefs in Kansas City. I look at the Chargers, and, and I don't know what it is about them. 
that, yes, they've been very good. They're 7-2. and two. But I feel like they've just cleaned up against garbage. And I don't know if Denver's in the garbage department or in the mediocre department, but the Chargers have beaten the Raiders a few times. They beat the 49ers without Garoppolo. They beat Cleveland on the road. They almost lost to the Titans. We know Tennessee is you know, better than we thought. They had a nice win at Seattle. I'll give them that. But I just look at this and I say, you know, the Chargers, they just keep, you know, they keep getting breaks by not playing great competition. Now you're getting them as a touchdown favorite at home against a Denver team that, you know, is still all right defensively, maybe not great offensively. I'm going to look at Denver here. All right, so Denver Broncos, as you mentioned, off the bye, and the Chargers, again, uh, I mean, you talk about the metaphor redheaded stepchild, for, you know, forgotten child, what I mean, in L.A. right now with everything that's going on with LeBron, with the Lakers, with how great the Rams are, the Chargers have been winning a bunch of games and nobody seems to care. So we'll, we'll see if anybody cares in this AFC West showdown uh, coming for Sunday. All right, I've got an underdog for you, and it's interesting to me, the Dallas Cowboys at Atlanta. This is the second week in a row that the Cowboys will be on the road as an underdog. Of course, they get the win over the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night football. And look, Amari Cooper already making a difference for that receiving core. Not just that he's had monster games yardage-wise the first couple of games for the Cowboys, but uh, the route running, drawing double teams, opening up some other receivers as a target for Dak Prescott. It's helped them with their running game as well to open up the field a little bit. Dak Prescott seemed to be more comfortable in the game with Philadelphia. And Atlanta off the loss, the bad loss to Cleveland last week where Nick Chubb, the former Georgia Bulldog, ripped them up, including with a 92-yard run as well as a touchdown catch. Falcons always play wild games at home as well. Uh, They've had trouble putting teams away even at home. I will take the Dallas Cowboys here for back-to-back road wins. How about them Cowboys? Ezekiel Elliott. uh, I know Dallas has had some injuries on their defense. I'll take them, though, in the matchup with the Falcons here. And this game may be important down the road for NFC wildcard purposes for both of these teams. I'll go Dallas against Atlanta on Three Dog Thursday and take the three points at Mercedes-Benz Stadium coming Sunday in an early game. All right, so there are two of the underdogs uh, in the NFL. That means, Kevin, we need one more underdog from you. Which way do you want to go, sir? I know you should never play the do factor. You just can't. That's not a good way to handicap, but... The Saints have been great this year. They have, and you see what they did to Cincinnati last week. Mm. But they're facing the defending champion Eagles this week at the Superdome. Philadelphia has not been an underdog yet this year, all right? So this is a good opportunity with them coming off the loss to Dallas on Sunday night to not exactly show who the boss is, but, you know, the Saints, the way they played, and they keep scoring. They beat the Rams a few weeks ago in that wild game. But, you know, I look at this and I say that the Eagles, who – have had so many ups and downs, a Super Bowl hangover, whatever you want to call it. But here, getting all these points against the Saints, who still, you know, they got pressure on them. They still got pressure on them to get that home field. I'm sure they don't want to go to Los Angeles for a potential NFC championship against the Rams, even though they have a tiebreaker, but they don't want to fall behind them. So every game really important for New Orleans, the pressure really on them. I just think that the Eagles here, just getting this many points is too hard to pass up, that this could be the week where, Philadelphia could finally play well and maybe the Saints have that clunker. The last time we saw that clunker was in week one against the Buccaneers. So really, you know, the Saints have been on they've been on fire, but I think the Eagles getting the points here could be worth a look. Well, and in, in that opening game, I was obviously there at field level as part of the Buccaneer radio broadcast. I mean, they played well offensively. Michael Thomas had a 13-catch day, whatever it was, 200-plus yards. They scored 40 points. It's just the Bucks outscored them. The The real clunker, as you call it, was the next week when they could have lost to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns couldn't make a field goal, couldn't make an extra point, ended up losing in overtime. Uh, and maybe they are due to play poorly. Breeze to throw some interceptions. Philadelphia's season on the line here in mid-November for the next couple of weeks, next two or three games, because they are floundering and falling behind the Redskins. They fall behind the Cowboys after that loss last week. Let's see, getting the nine points uh, about that matchup coming. Hey, Minnesota-Chicago, that's been moved to the night game coming on Sunday night now in Chicago, where uh, it's going to to be in the teens and with the wind chill maybe even colder so kind of football 
uh, like like uh, December, January football. But the Bears are good. The Vikings are good. That'll be intriguing. Neither one of us are touching it for Three Dog Thursday. Vikings off the bye here outdoors. Kirk Cousins uh, joking midweek that it's it's seven degrees in Minnesota during the week for preparation. Well, then again, you sign the free agent contract to go to Chicago. How about Vikings Bears? It, very interesting. They moved that game. NBC flexed it to Sunday night. And uh, not just the Packers drawing the interest. This one's got real interest in the NFC North real quick, Kevin. And you know what's funny is that we talk about the Saints and the Rams. People forget about the Vikings a little bit. You know, I, I wonder where the Vikings are going to be in this whole AFC playoff picture if they win the North and they get a home game. I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting about this team that was favored in the NFC Championship last year. So they could be a team. You know, if they end up beating Chicago on Sunday night, keep an eye out for them, really. I mean, keep an eye out that they beat the Saints last year right. in the uh, NFC in the NFC playoffs. You know, they, they've hung with the Rams. So I'm just saying, like, that's a team that, that, that everyone's kind of everyone's kind of slept on a little bit. Well, and they had the horrible loss to Buffalo at the beginning of the year, which was unexplainable at home. But maybe they're going to kick it into gear here, the Vikings. Again, the Bears won easily last week over the Lions, but the Vikings uh, come off the bye week after, after having beaten the Lions themselves. Themselves. Let's see what Minnesota looks like having won four of their last five in that Sunday night game. And again, the Monday night game now moved back to the Coliseum in Los Angeles, moved out of Mexico City. That's L.A. and the Chiefs. Should be a lot of fun on that one. We always have a lot of fun talking with Kevin Rogers. Tell the people more about the great information that is out there across the board, football and everything else with Vegas Insider, sir. It's very busy right now. We talk about November, you know, with uh, the NFL, with college football, but college basketball in high gear right now. You have Thanksgiving week coming up with all the the tournaments in, in Hawaii and Alaska and all these other places. So you have college basketball all over the place. NBA still going strong. NHL still rolling along. And don't forget about the CFL playoffs coming up this weekend. We're down to the final four in that. I know you're keeping an eye on it. But uh, still a lot of great information. And, uh, you know, November, December, very busy for us. So just check us out, VegasInsider.com. Also on Twitter at TwitVI. And uh, we will help you get winners across the board in all these sports. I love the insight from Kevin Rogers. Follow him at Twitter, at VI Rogers. I love to joke with you. I notice, I don't even know if they're in the Final Four, that you did not take the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this week on Three Dog Thursday. You stayed away <laughs> stayed away from that uh, as well. He did, however, go Iowa State against Texas. And in the NFL, his two underdogs are the Broncos against the Chargers and the Eagles on the road against the Saints. I love Syracuse in the matchup at Yankee Stadium with Notre Dame. Arizona Wildcats late night with Washington State. I'll take the 10 points at the Palouse, at Wazoo. They, they may even upset Washington State. Let's see. And then in the NFL, I love the, the Cowboys and that matchup with the Atlanta Falcons getting the three points. We'll see how those go. Kevin, I appreciate it. Great job. Great insight. Good luck with your underdogs this weekend. We'll be talking Thanksgiving turkeys and underdogs next week on the show. I appreciate it, Kevin Rogers. Great job. Thank you, too, TJ. There is senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. My thanks to Don McPherson, the College Football Hall of Famer, for being with me as well, talking Syracuse, his orange against Notre Dame. Let's see what happens with that massive game and all the college football and all the NFL football. One thing for sure, we're back to recap all of it and give you more underdogs next week prior to Thanksgiving as part of Three Dog Thursday. For Kevin Rogers, I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the games. Woof, woof. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Can the Vikings challenge the Rams? They can, but they, they've got to play a lot better than they are right now. They've got to improve really in all aspects. I think that defensively, they've got more talent than the Saints and the Vikings. Offensively, they've got to be um, more complete. I think they've made more mistakes. And I think the quarterback play, while... Good is not at the level of the Rams and certainly not at the level of the Saints. So, don't know. Do I think the Vikings' chances of going on the road and winning, could they do it? Yeah. Do I like their chances as much? Listen, the, the home field advantage is important. You know why? The team that gets home field advantage is, goes into the playoffs is the better team. <laughs> you get the best record, that means you're the better team at home. That's why it usually works out that way. So, the Vikings have a lot of work to do just to win their division. But, yes. They're capable. Long way to go. But we're getting close to Thanksgiving. 
and it better click soon for the Vikings. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.